This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Monday, July 31st, 2023. The last day of July. Another month of the Biden presidency finally coming to an end. The good thing about the calendar rolling on and rolling forward and us moving out of one month and into another is we're that much closer to the end of the Joe Biden, Kamala Harris disastrous administration. Did you watch any of the goings on in Iowa last week? Several Republican candidates standing at a stage, giving short speeches, telling you why you should vote for them in the Iowa caucuses coming up in the fall. The, of course, leading candidate is Donald J. Trump, who holds almost a majority lead, almost 50% of those polled said, yep, they want him some more Trump on the Republican side. Ron DeSantis, the brunt of Trump's vitriol during his speech, basically Trump said, yeah, he's a lot of bluster, but he's not much substance. Yeah, he's going to come up with all kinds of things like putting the military on the southern border, which is something I think we ought to do. But I think... There are certain laws on the books that prohibit us as a nation from doing such a thing unless war has been declared on our soil. The question is, is Ron DeSantis going to actually declare war on Mexico? There was another guy. I don't know who he was. I honestly wasn't paying close attention to many of those candidates. But this one Blafrican-American guy got up there and immediately started bashing Donald Trump. And the audience, rightfully, properly, as expected, began to boo him off the stage. Here's a guy with less than 0.001% chance of securing the Republican nomination. 0.001. That's pretty damned low. They booed him. And then he says, no, 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 I understand. And then he stole the name of this program. The truth hurts. I understand. He was basically saying, no one, well, look at there. The price of diesel fuel just jumped 10 cents per gallon right in front of my eyes. It was 344 per gallon. And just now I watched it change. And that's not the cash versus credit price. I just watched the price of diesel jump 10 cents a gallon at the Shell station right before my very eyes. Oh, that's because Racetrack had just changed theirs. There were 344 yesterday, and I guess the manager came into the Shell station this morning and right here at 6 o'clock said, you know what, let's just charge people 10 cents more a gallon because the guys across the street did it. Yeah, that's not how this system's supposed to work. Anyway, 
Enough of that. So you got a clown saying rude and crude things about the most obvious, presumptive next Republican nominee, Donald Trump. And then he had the audacity to say, no, 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 I understand. I understand that the truth hurts and that his thought process is we shouldn't put someone up for president who has been impeached before and who's under criminal investigation. That's fine. Use that against him. But we all know that those investigations are just like the tide coming in. They are scared to death of another Donald Trump presidency because of what he can do for this country to once again truly make America great again. And Joe Biden's making it so very easy to do so. Think about this, my friends. If Bidenomics was working, if Bidenomics was making things better here in the good old U.S. of A., it would make it much tougher for a candidate like Donald Trump, or really any Republican, to make America better than it is under Biden. Any long-term economist, someone looking back from the dawn of time, looking back, could see what Joe Biden has done to this country, not for it, how Joe Biden has done things to destroy this country from an economic standpoint, from a political, geopolitical standpoint on the world stage, from every measurable metric. I want you to realize just for one moment, the average fifth grader going into school this year, the average fifth grader in the United States is reading on a grade level lower than it has been in over 100 years. Experts in the education field are saying this year's students are going into school for the second year in a row with a much lower average intelligence, average educational level, average achievement scores than we've seen in over a hundred years. Shameful, isn't it? Oh, you can say Democrat, Republican, you can blame it on the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. I blame it on an education system run by the morons in the Biden administration. They could have done something to improve life for students. They gave the students exactly what liberal, woke, Democrat parents have been asking for for years. An end to test scores. An end to judging people as to whether they pass or fail. But we still take the measurements. We still take attendance. We still grade the student's performance. And unfortunately, on the grand scale, in the grand scheme of things, since Joe Biden took office, my friends, this, the school scores, the students' achievement scores, are much lower than they were under Donald Trump's presidency. But Steve Z, that has something to do with the COVID, I am sure. Don't you think the COVID had something to do with that? There was COVID under Donald Trump's last year in office.
We didn't lock everything down. Oh, they tried on the Democrat side. They even tried to do it state by state. Proof was there in the first year of COVID. Actual statistical data. We didn't lose very many points in national overall test scores during Donald Trump's final year in office, which happens to coincide with the first year the Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus reared its ugly head. Quickly, I'd like to ask you for your thoughts and prayers this morning. Mom, my mom, my dear sweet mom, who's about to turn 84, had to have some emergency abdominal surgery over the weekend, and she's recovering quite nicely after that. But your prayers, always welcome. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. The power of prayer is real. And if you don't believe it, well... You probably don't believe in God or that Jesus Christ is our Savior. You probably think that everything happens because of the wonderful benevolence of the Democratic political party. So I don't hold much faith in your final outcome. I did get to observe a few things this weekend while at the hospital, and I'm not going to name this particular hospital because we don't advertise on the Truth Hurts program. We don't accept advertising dollars. We here simply tell it like it is. We're not here to play the game. The hospital in which my mother has spent the last four days was, in her opinion, since she's been there the whole time, and in our opinion, (coughs) excuse me, a wonderful, wonderful, magnificent place non-profit or a not-for-profit hospital, and that's what they all claim to be, right? That's so they can get federal funds if a disaster strikes. But this place was a place where my late father spent time when he was injured or ill, and it's only gotten better. The big O in New Orleans, and I'll leave it at that. The staff was attentive, very caring. The place was clean, I've never seen so many housekeeping personnel continuously emptying garbage cans, mopping floors, guys on those automated waxing machines out there keeping the floors spit-shined and polished. It was unbelievable. And this was on a Saturday. On a Saturday. There were people there to offer you assistance and how to get to this room or that waiting area or this break area to the cafeteria or whatever it's called. Everyone smiling and friendly like they actually gave a damn, number one. And number two, acted like they wanted to be there. And number three, like they truly cared about every person who walked through that door, whether they were a patient, a vendor, a visitor, or a member of their own staff, nothing but smiles and what looked like genuine humanity, the big O in New Orleans. Hats off to you guys. Hell of a job. Meanwhile, the crime waves continue, and in the city of New Orleans, the city that forgot to care. But, dear it's supposed to be the city that care forgot. 
Well, there's a big difference. It is now the city that forgot to care. As New Orleans sinks into Mother Earth, thanks to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and their disastrous levee projects that have deprived the city and the surrounding areas of the replenishing sediment and soils that are pushed south down the Mississippi River every year, the levees keep that sediment from flowing into the much-needed Delta area, and so the area continues to sink. Thanks to them, and then thanks to white flight, as they're blaming it on in the city, the infrastructure is crumbling beneath their feet. I don't live in the city of New Orleans. I try not to visit there or do any business there because of the crime, the corruption, and the general we-hate-white-people mentality of 90% of their residents. It's disgusting. And it's going the way of most, if not all, democratically-run, majority-minority-run cities in America. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mayor Latoilette Cantrell is a lame duck mayor. Nobody on the city council trusts her or likes her. She's been abusing a historical city-owned apartment at the historic Pontalba building, which right out of your front door overlooks beautiful Jackson Square and the St. Louis Cathedral. One of the most iconic photographs that you can take in or around New Orleans is the St. Louis Cathedral from the levee on the Mississippi River. You see it with its three spires, its three towers, surrounded by two buildings, the old garrison that kept people in. She's been staying in one of those apartments, which could easily go for $3,500 a night because of the location alone. But the city of New Orleans put, put controls into place saying that the mayor of New Orleans can't just use it for her weekend booty calls, for her weekend hookups with one of the cops that's assigned to her protection detail. Yet that's exactly what she's been doing, using that city-owned apartment for her own pleasure, and very much not for business, unless business is a booty call. Therefore, at that point, business is good for the mayor. She's been involved, allegedly, with a member of her executive protection team, a black African-American, 13% hyphenated American police officer named Jeffrey V, initial V. I know the name, but I don't want to be sued, so I'll just say Jeffrey V. Jeffrey V's wife sued him for divorce on the grounds of marital infidelity with someone that she identified as Miss L.C. Latoya Cantrell, the mayor of New Orleans. Jeffrey V. and Miss L.C., the mayor of New Orleans, have been seen on numerous occasions on a city-owned crime camera footage obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request by a television station in New Orleans, the Fox affiliate, who did an investigation called Out of the Office. 
They counted dozens of times where the mayor and her executive protection detail guy, Jeffrey V., were seen going into that apartment at 8 o'clock at night and not coming out until the next morning, both changed into different clothing, and in the morning, a little goodbye, and they head off in different directions. Mayor LaToilette Cantrell thinks she's, I don't know, some world leader. She has an entire executive protection detail, and she's the mayor of a small city. New Orleans is not a very big town. Oh, they want you to believe it is. They want you to believe New Orleans is this giant, excuse me, giant bustling commerce center with millions and millions of, of residents. It's not. It's 300,000 people, 400,000 tops. Most of them on welfare. Most of them unemployed. Most of them sucking on the tit, which is running dry because there are no taxpayers left in the city of New Orleans. Did you know that the state of Louisiana has only one billionaire? Just one. One billionaire. And the only reason she's a billionaire is because she finagled her way into a marriage with the former automotive king, Tom Benson, who owned car dealerships throughout Louisiana and Texas, and then bought a football team for a bargain price when they were losing and people were putting bags over their heads. Tom Benson, the late Tom Benson, owned, and well, he owned the New Orleans Saints. He also owned the Charlotte Hornets, and now the, uh, excuse me, the New Orleans Hornets, before they moved back to Charlotte. He also owned the New Orleans Pelicans basketball team and a few other smaller sports franchises. Mr. Benson passed away. He died. He was an old dude. Before he died, he married a girl named Gail Benson. Members of New Orleans City call her the gold digger. She married him. She watched him wither away and die. And now she owns a major league basketball team, a major league football team. She still owns four dealerships in New Orleans and I believe several still in the Houston and the San Antonio area. She's the only billionaire. So she's not a billionaire for producing anything, for inventing anything. She watches a bunch of, for lack of a better term, well-bred people kicking balls, running, throwing balls through hoops, athletes. Many people think that the major league football and basketball, baseball, soccer, all of these athletes simply, simply do what they do. Sorry, I'm being passed by an idiot on a motorcycle who is lane splitting at 80 miles an hour down the interstate in a pair of medical scrubs. I would tend to doubt this guy's a doctor. I'm doing 85, and he is pulling away from me at about 100. The, that's why they call them donor cycles. Anyway, Ms. Benson, according to some people, like all owners of football teams who own 
the contracts of those who play for them, who do that physical labor, are modern-day slave owners. Only the slaves are highly paid now. Of course, not as highly paid as the athletes who make those slave owners wealthy. There are no billionaires playing football that I'm aware of, baseball or basketball. I could be wrong. Only one billionaire in the state of Louisiana, and she calls New Orleans home. There's only one Fortune 500 company in the state of Louisiana. Only one. Only one. <clears throat> and it happens to be the public utility company. And I use the term public utility company loosely. Entergy Corporation is a profit-making, for-profit energy supplier. They own two nuclear power plants down here, several coal-fired, oil-fired, gas-fired plants. They run the electricity down here, Fortune 500 company. And they're only that because they also own utility companies in other states like Mississippi, and I believe parts of Alabama and Florida. But their headquarters is in New Orleans. And the mayor of New Orleans begs them, please don't move to a cleaner, less crime city. You're all we've got left. The taxpayers, the working people, have left New Orleans decades ago when it became a majority-minority city. And the Democrats took a firm hold and said, we're never, ever letting go. And so, always with her hand out, always begging for some government grant, some government program to try and fix the disgusting, failing infrastructure system, Mayor LaToilette Cantrell continues to, quote-unquote, lead the city to the toilet. Now, she faced a recall, by the way. She faced a recall and played some political games to have pretty much the recall nullified. She sent in a bunch of her own supporters to sign fake names to the recall petitions, and they did. And then she demanded that the signature list be audited. They needed about 50,000, 55,000 signatures. And once they found a bunch of fraudulent signatures, they got a judge who loves her to death, one of her own cronies, to say, nope, no more recall. Too many fake phony signatures up on here. So that's it. No more recall. Now, she has a new temporary interim police superintendent. A woman whose last name is Wood Fork. One of those who speaks with that ebonic accent. I'm trying to be polite here. She don't be pronunciating her words too good. You're not saying. Not I mean. Miss <clears throat> Wood Fork was not a high-ranking member of the New Orleans Police Department. She was a beat cop till she asked her late uncle, Warren Woodfork, who was the police chief a couple of decades ago, to get her promoted to the next position, sergeant, and then lieutenant. And she checked off a few boxes. Very short hair, black, and female. See where I'm going with this. Promotion by affirmative action, by quota. Promotion by favoritism, nepotism, family ties. 
And then when the former superintendent of the New Orleans Police Department decided to retire after signing one hell of a sweetheart contract that pays him about 80% of his salary till the day he dies, Mayor LaToilette Cantrell promoted Miss Woodfork to the interim police superintendent's job and then claimed, well, we can't hold a, a real search for the replacement, the permanent replacement, because we got so much going on in a COVID. We got all this going on. So she's left this girl in the city. Murders are still through the roof. Rapes, robberies, carjackings, car thefts. Everything's going up. And now the city's had enough. So they said, listen, we're going to do a nationwide search. They got the International Association of Chiefs of Police and other organizations to send them a list of 50 to 100 qualified candidates, people with actual administrative experience and law enforcement experience running actual large police departments. And the mayor said, okay, well, we're going to look at your list, your list. We're going to look at your list and we're going to wheel it down. And I ain't going to tell the city council, and I ain't going to tell the news media, and I ain't going to tell the public who I decided going to be the final six. So they picked the final six. Number one, of course, being Miss Woodfork, her chosen candidate, the nepotism quota hire. And then in the final six, the remaining five were all either terminated or investigated multiple times for various misdeeds in their prior positions. She's stacking the deck against five out of the six, and then she's going to say, well, I would use candidate B, but candidate B was terminate from her job, so we can't use her because she was abuse of power. I was going to consider candidate C. But he was fired for looking at a girl booty the wrong way. And she she uh, sued him. We can't have that. And I was going to look at candidate D. But he was out beating up thugs in the middle of the street in the middle of the night. I was going to use candidate E. But candidate E have a problem with mental health. And had been under investigation for anger issues. And I was going to look at the other candidate F. But I say F her because I don't even like the way she look in a in a uniform so the only one we's gonna have left is my girl my home girl you know what i'm saying so they she whittled it down to three last week and now there are three candidates left the obvious choice based on the three hold your nose miss cantrell and vote for your home girl but there's a kicker the city council has to approve miss woodfork and they have been calling for transparency. Why out of 100 potential candidates did the mayor whittle it down to six without telling any of the information on the other 94? Well, we know why. Because in that 94, there were most certainly some more qualified, more experienced candidates to be the next superintendent of police for the city of New Orleans. They were whittled down because the mayor wants her homegirl to have that job. If the city council doesn't approve Miss Woodfork, guess what? 
Under the city's revised charter, the process starts anew. They get another hundred candidates to look at. And the process starts anew. And the good news for Ms. Woodfork is she continues in that position. And this process can go on and on and on and on until Mayor Cantrell is no longer the mayor. And then the new mayor will come in and find a suitable candidate. See, Mayor LaToilette Cantrell, thank the good Lord above, will be term-limited out of office. She cannot run again. The kicker is she can run for city council. And the ignorant, uneducated, loyal because of skin only in the city will probably vote her in to some city council position. And then she can run again for mayor. Kind of sick, isn't it? Wow, folks, sorry to spend so much time talking about the city of New Orleans when not many of you who listen live here. But that's what happens when you do a program from a specific area. You latch on to what's going on. I hope you guys have a magnificent Monday. We'll see you on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved.